0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. Um, We're here with Jake. Um, It's kind of cool, you know, getting to go down the road together, and now, you know, we're kind of doing this podcast thing, but we're in the parking lot of the InTrust Arena in Wichita, Kansas. And, I mean, what are your thoughts? It's been a long season. I say long season. It's been a short season, but it feels long because we've been going pretty hard.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, we've been going pretty hard, and, just hitting everything we can, just putting out that extra effort, and man, it's just a blessing to be able to have good traveling partners and guys that have similar goals and all wanna work hard and keep, try to keep on a good straight arrow at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, heck, we got this event and then next weekend's College Station before finals.
1: And we have that Teams pre- or teams event, dude.
0: Yeah, uh, is that on a Thursday?
1: Yeah, that's Thursday, then College Station is Friday, Saturday.
0: Yeah, and then we head up to Corpus Christi. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that it's just, you know... I mean, generally, right now, we're kind of getting ready to go into the summer. And now it's finals time, so it's... Yeah. I mean, I was talking to um, Dakota about, like, even making the world finals. Because right now, if you win this weekend, right? Yeah. Then next weekend, you make that decision Mm -hmm. on whether to go to the UTB or not. But if you go to the UTB you win that UTB next weekend, you still don't make World Finals through the UTB. Yeah. You're almost it's... better off, you know, going next weekend to College Station and, and getting at a better spot going into the velocity Finals just to try to get that, you know, invite into the World Finals. It's kind of unique.
1: Yeah, it is, and this shortened season, it it's cool because it also opens up the summer a lot. And there's a lot of opportunity with PBR and without PBR in the summer. So you can kind of pick what you go to a little bit more in the summer, go to a little bit more of those NFPBs stuff. or In the Challenger series, you can kind of pick of what you're going to go to.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: the Challenger,
0: you know, like that. those Torn Pros, there's so many different options too. I mean, they have so many events throughout the year. I don't know, are they doing a a finals for that? Like, last year I was hurt, so I I wasn't really involved with any of it. Um, How did that work last year?
1: Yeah, so you have your – you have a Challenger Series finals at the end of it, and it's the top couple guys get seated onto the UTBs, and then you have your top team season guys get seated onto the UTBs. So it's – there's not as much money through the regular season as there would be with, let's say – the season right now with the utbs and velocities but it's there's still some pretty big events to go to um you have events like ocean city maryland which are on the beach
0: that looked the, cool
1: yeah i went there last year it's it's a really cool deal and it's awesome just to get to go out there and enjoy the beach right and start of summer uh,
0: yeah yeah and i mean they really still cool have one. big sky i believe you know burger's still putting on you know all of his his big you know yeah uh, bull rides you know that are traditionally in the summertime that are 40,000 added and plus
1: yeah and then you also have you can go to Ocean City Maryland then the next week and go to Deadwood so it's like just two really cool bull ridings to go to back to back yeah and it's just, I just think that's an awesome way to start the summer like,
0: how did that work so you were on the Texas Rattlers
1: right Yeah. so I got a call from Cody after Deadwood so I went to Ocean City Maryland went to Deadwood and One. I got whooped down on my first bull. Second bull I rode that God's Country bull, Chad Burgers. Oh yeah. And then in the short round I picked this Goodnight Robo show, and man, that bull's cool. A lot of guys don't like him, but if you can, just let him do the work and just get to the middle. Just a really cool bull to get on. And at like seven point seven, I lost my hand.
0: He's and a big bull too.
1: Yeah, really big. When I picked him, he did not look that big. Cause he was in the back, and they run him into the chutes and like man you really picked a big bull to get on here Jake <laughs> and uh so I ended up like really sh- kind of showcasing my talent on that bull and I had a really bad sinus infection actually from when we were in Ocean City Maryland I tried tried didn't really do too good at it but made a good effort to become yeah. a surfer that weekend oh no joke when you swallow a lot of salt water it tends your body doesn't like it very much <laughs> and so I actually was sleeping in the car and Cody had called me in the morning and I woke up like two hours later and luckily Dustin was like hey dude I'll drive most of the day like and he was going down to a KC Outlaws camp so I was going to ride down there with him and just kind of hang out for the week and I look at my phone and he's like hey dude you keep getting phone calls and so I look at my phone, and it was a voicemail from Cody Lambert, and so I call him back up, and he's like, hey, you want to be on the practice squad? Like, go up to, I believe it was Bismarck the next weekend, and so I hopped in, or I ended up going to Cody's that weekend, um, driving up to Bismarck, went to Bismarck, got one road the first day, and then went home for a couple days, went to Tryon, and on is when I got uh the second day i got jerked down on a bull that followed himself out and i just kind of tried to make that second effort and his horn hit my finger stacked the top of that- the top of the other one and ended up leading into a whole mess of things and had to get surgery surgery didn't go good and now after i believe ocean city i'm going to try and get surgery on it and get it either they're either going to try and fix it or they're just going to amputate it from that uh second knuckle up let me see it yeah, it doesn't go out further than
0: 90 degrees. Man, that's wild. Yeah. That was and that was at Tryon? Yep. And that was
1: a that was actually
0: like the premier team, right? Yeah,
1: so that or that was the second preseason event. Oh, the Twitter.
0: preseason event. Okay. Yep. Sweet venue, too. Yeah. Really, really cool really venue. venue and they've got that it's like that rubber type dirt, you know that they yeah, use for jumping? Yeah, uh,
1: million dollar dirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um that's wild with your
1: yeah, so this bone right here was on top of here, and it blew a hole through the front of it, and what happened was, is I went to the ER there, they stitched it up, pulled it back into place, and me being stubborn, I didn't take any, they're like, do you want some pain meds for it, and those things scare me, so I was like, no, I'm good, and man, me and uh, Travis Wimberly, one of my teammates, okay. ended up hopping in the car with me and switching his flights around so he could help me drive back home, since it was going to, it was gonna hurt on the way home and we're driving back and we stopped in Gatlinburg Tennessee and we went up on that big sky lift and it was feeling good I just took Tylenol for it well, on the way down that altitude change that was some of the worst pain I've ever felt and like I broke when I broke my collarbone in Deadwood the year before I uh I didn't go to the hospital I just took two Tylenols like I'll go in the morning you know and like that hurt a lot. Yeah. And trying to drive with a finger blown apart after that, like altitude change, that uh, that was definitely up there.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet that was. Yeah, I mean, was... I bet that sucked. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was an awful. One.
0: Yeah, and you've been riding with it ever since. Did you? How, yeah. Did you take much time off? I mean, after they.
1: I ended up having to take off most of the summer. Most of okay. They ended up doing surgery. And then the surgery didn't go very good. And then I was like, all right, like, can I ride in a splint? Like, this is getting ridiculous yeah. for three inches of a finger, if that. Right. And they ended up making me a splint that covered up these three fingers, and I kind of had my pinky and my thumb to pull my tail. It was a lot better with theory in my head. So I ended up going back to a couple PBRs, and my second one back, I came down on a bull's head, and I was like, man, what's up with my finger? I look up and my pinky from that knuckle is upside down. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to have a checkerboard for a finger. <laughs> so, like, so luckily I just grabbed that one it popped right back in. It gets a little bit sore every now and again, but it's not too bad. So I ended up taking a little bit more time off. Then ended up riding in a splint that only had the two, the middle finger and my pointer finger. Yeah. And that worked for a little bit. And a big thing that also kind of pulled me away from riding with that point was i went and got on practice bulls and it was a bad deal i rode my practice bull but then i literally sat there at the end of my arm and could not get off uh, yeah and luckily it was very low cal like low caliber practice sure. bull. i would have got wrecked out but
0: i wonder how much though like you get on those lower caliber bulls and they don't really take that rope from you you know you get on better bulls yeah. it seems like if you can kind of after you ride one you kind of get on their hip a little bit, and that pressure will, will pop it out. it's like, I know I don't even use as much rosin going to amateur deals. Like, because yeah. I dislocated my uh, elbow one time, and I couldn't get my hand out of my rope, and it ended up throwing me right up underneath And He stepped on my back, and I stood up like this, and my arm was just dangling. And it had dislocated my elbow and tore all the tendons on the inside, outside. It was bad. Yeah. And it was just because, you know, that bull was so weak, I couldn't get my hand out of my rope.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tricky concept and a tricky balance because the two times I broke my collarbone and broke my ankle was my hand came out when I didn't want it. Yeah, right. So it's finding that balance and, you know, I've never thought about that with those lower calibers calibers. I was- have noticed hanging up to hanging up and getting in worse yeah
0: you go you know these pbrs and you get on you know good bulls like i'm all about you know lather it up make sure the last thing that comes out of your hand yeah and you know but those the smaller deals you know or you know when you know you're getting on lower caliber bulls like that they just they're not strong enough to take it from you especially you know if you're kind of if they're not kicking i think that's a big thing if they're not kicking they're not really like you know, you get on a, a, a bull, even if he's not super ranked, but he's kicking hard. Yeah. Like, you can kind of stretch out to the outside of his hip, and then when he kicks around, he'll kind of, that pressure will blow your hand out. But those lower caliber bulls, you know, they're spinning more than they're really kicking, you know. And yeah. there's not just not the power there.
1: For sure, because I got on in, in Grand Rapids in the long round. I got on a bull that was just, and he was a really good bull I got on, but he didn't kick a whole lot and they started falling down in his front end after the buzzer. And I practically like, I, it was really hard to get off because every time I'd go to sit back, he'd fall down in the front yeah. end. And it's it's tricky to get off bulls like that. And it's a scary feeling when you're stuck to one like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, no joke, you get on them flat bulls and like you're riding them perfect, but when it's <laughs> time to get off, you know, when you'd think it'd be the easiest and yeah. you just, it's its hard to get off of them.
1: Especially when you're really dizzy. Yeah,
0: not- oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's worse with the Brazilian rope. Back when I had an American rope, I felt like I never even pulled my tail. With American yeah. rope, never pulled my tail. I would step off, you know, and it was a lot easier, um, probably the, where the pressure is on your hand. Yeah. That Brazilian rope, that pressure is more has to do with, you know, your hand going up against the block and then your rope going over this way, it's kind of that rope's pressure in your hand up against that block or the Americans more, the pressure is just down on your palm, Yeah. you know? And, uh, so to
1: get off, especially into your hand with an American, that's where all the give is. So you give a little bit, the rope gives more and it's just a compounding factor there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even like I was talking to Dakota the other day and when a rope starts breaking down a little bit and if you take too tight of a, a wrap, it'll actually cause your hand to blow <laughs> yeah. kind of the opposite of what you think would happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, where, you know, so I think maybe the American now, if you get rolled over, you know, the Americans maybe roll over a little bit more so you can kind of, your hand gets laid over, yeah. you get caught up like that. But, and I don't know too. Um, I have really long arms. Yeah. So I have, I've never really just got hung up a ton, maybe more, more pressure when I do get on the end of my arm, you know, since it's longer, yeah. or you see little guys, I know Keith, you know, I've seen him get hung up and, <laughs> you know, can't he can't turn loose, yeah, he can't yeah. turn loose, just drug around there.
1: Yeah, when I was in uh, Chicago at the UTB there, I came down on that 500 punishable. Yep. and he fell. He fell down. Bout bucked me off, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna sit up and ride him. I don't care if I slapped him. I'm like, I'm gonna still make the effort. I know I have a ride, Like, let's see if I can really showcase something here. And it was my hometown bull riding, so I sit up, made about three more jumps, and that bull pulled me right down on his head, and I'd flipped around to where, like, my elbow was twisting in a way it definitely shouldn't have been, and I felt it afterwards. But I'm, I've noticed I've been really good about. Just because my first star riding bulls, I used to ride left-handed, and I destroyed my wrist. Really? But I'd hang to everything. I rode really good, but I would hang to everything.
0: Are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so I've kind of gotten good about the timing, and like there, when I hung up, I was able to time it out really good. Of when that bull was going to kick, where I'd jump up in the air, and he'd fling me out and kind of unlock my hand. But I've noticed, like, if you're a shorter-armed guy or a shorter guy... You can't really get that timing because you can't get to your feet as easily. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one thing, too, is if, you know, as longer guys get hung up, it's easier to probably stay on our feet, especially yeah. on a big bull, you know?
1: And it's a lot easier to have that, like, explosive power of, okay, I'm hanging here. I got my feet. Let me jump up now and try to pop my hand out as I jump up.
0: Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there, and that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this, the founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, you know uh, a video that the PBR has been um, posting and it's been going around is Cooper. Did you see that video on Instagram him getting hung up? you have to look it up. He gets hung up and... Um, just calm as a cucumber, you know, standing there, untie the rope, and then it's funny because you could see the bullfighters realize what he was doing, and the bullfighters kind of stepped back and let him do it because he was taking control and he had, uh, he you know had the, the wherewithal to actually grab the tail, yeah, and um, you know, he had that tail, and so he was able to, you know, pull his own, you know, wrap undone, for sure, um, which is, you know. Not everybody, you know, has kind of when you get in that that bind to really, yeah, you know. But man, I don't know. I think some of that's just you know experience, getting yeah. on a lot of bulls and and even if you're not getting hung up a lot, you know, you kind of you start to you know be able to yeah, sink through to in that down. process. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think because I noticed like when I first started, like I couldn't I couldn't get a hold and like fall off. I would just panic, and I'd just lock down. Now that I've kind of gotten hung up more over time and been in those situations, like, there's been times where I wasn't hung up, but I kept my hand shut knowing that I could wait a second and be in a better spot. Yeah. Like, in Ocean City, Maryland last year, I came down on a bull away from my hand, buzzer went off, and I kind of just dropped down in there. And as that bull, like, kept coming or jumped ahead, I kind of hung myself for a second so my feet would hit the ground, And then as soon as my feet hit the ground, then I opened my hand and I ran off. Yeah. If I would have let go immediately, I would have come down right under that bull.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So you just kind of, I think it's one of those things where you just kind of learn more about when to let go, when not to let go, when to push off on your feet, when to get to your feet, like... You kind of just learn it over time through experience.
0: Yeah, and kind of probably each person and what that looks like. You know, for me, being long-legged and stuff, a lot of times, you know, I can really use my feet. It's it's almost like I'm stepping off, you know, whereas... Um, and I and I almost have to do that too, not to not get myself in a compromising situation. For sure. Where the little guy, they can use that hip, and it's almost like they're pulling the ripcord. And they'll that that hip will actually throw them. You know, they'll be they'll be thrown out of the way and be able to you know kind of clear. Um, whereas, you know, a longer guy like me, that bull's not throwing me so far out that, you know, so I got to make sure that when I am getting off that I'm, you know, my legs are in the right position and stuff to where when I hit, I can kind of get out of there and help those bullfighters out, you know?
1: Yeah. And a big thing about that is too, is like when you're a little bit bigger, a lot of the time when you go to check out to the side, you end up going up instead of out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and man uh it's a it's a big transition for me is learning to get off when I was going from an american rope to a brazilian rope
1: yeah it's a lot different you'll you'll come down on both heads a lot oh,
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah it's not the same and how you know how your hand pops out of the rope is different it's a different timing yeah um you know one's probably easier into your hand one's probably easier away from your hand yeah. i feel like with the brazilian rope i can get off into my hand a lot better than i yeah. could with an american but away from my hand not quite as good
1: you know yeah and it's it's a tricky concept too because when you're trying to get off believe just in your head through like instinct you don't want to sit there and grab a tail and get a big C in your back and hunker down like you want to just get out of there and throw your arm yeah so like i'll get in a bad habit a lot of the time of I'll go to get off, and I'll throw my arm, but my hand won't come up, and now I'm in a really bad spot, and now I have to grab my tail. <laughs> what if I would have just grabbed it to begin with? Begin I'd be, yeah. to be out of there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, sometimes I wonder how how much I actually even have my tail. Like, I'll go to pull my tail, and then, you know, sometimes, like, you, you know, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's other times where like miss I I may have missed that sucker and pulled it and in your head you grabbed it and then you went to get off and um yeah that's
1: <laughs> yeah I've done that a handful of times you'll see me reach down the video think I got it and next thing you know I just hung myself up <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I wonder what I I, I want to get some bullfighters on here and kind of pick their brain on You know, kind of what they're looking at and looking for. And if they notice little stuff like that, when a guy goes to grab his tail and misses it, like, versus when he grabs it and actually gets a hold of it, you know, are they paying attention to his hand that much? Or are they paying more attention to his hips, you know, and his body position? I know one judge um, that I talked to, and he talked to me about, like, that. one of the biggest things he looks for is, um, you know, body position on, you know. Especially when his line of visibility may not be the greatest. You know, he's looking at your legs and and stuff like that as well.
1: For sure. I think it really comes, like, I think a lot of bullfighters have different styles too. Some of them are more aggressive. Some of them are more, I'm going to jump right on this bull's head and get this guy, get this bull after me. And then there's other guys that are more so focused on, okay, this guy's coming off here. Where, What gap do I need to shoot? There's more of a, oh, what story I'm looking for? More of a, like, fundamental approach to it, where they're looking more at the technique side of it, and then there's some guys that are more so just aggressive, like, grabbing yeah. by the horns.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know, like, depending on how many bullfighters you have, you know, sometimes it's a one-man one, one man show, versus a two-man show, versus a three-man show. Yep. You know, what does that look like in, in your position, your role within that circle, you know? Yeah. I do know this at these, you know, PBRs. I... It doesn't matter what you get on. I mean as far as how mean they are and stuff i mean these guys are the best in the world you get on a shark out there you know
1: yeah you if you land in front of them you're gonna get mowed over probably because there's nothing you can really do at that point yeah but even still they still sometimes can make those yeah
0: it's crazy what they can do i mean if you get in a bad position it's just bull riding i mean if you get at this at this level if you're getting hooked you know, unless it's, you know, you're an open rider, it's somebody that's not used to it, and they're just laying there. Yeah. And even then, them bullfighters are so good.
1: Yeah, and like last week, and I came down right in front of this bull's head. He was coming there. Come, he came out there, was right out there into my hand, and he jumped ahead for a jump, and I ended up catching my loop way deep, so I was stuck in the spin and just came off in a really bad spot. So I hit the ground start crawling while I crawled right in front of his head into the buck and shoots and like there was there's was no gap to shoot i crawled into the gap <laughs> and, and man i done got mowed over that bull hooked me right in the back right in the hips i crawled it climbed up on the back to shoot like, man that hurt <laughs> and, uh, did def- definitely did not feel too good but it definitely could have been a lot worse
0: a lot worse yeah man last weekend for me on that short rounder I got off clean, perfect, landed on my feet, you know, made the whistle, got off clean, landed on my feet. But the helmet I'm using, that 100 I love it to death, but I'll tell you right now, visibility is not, you know, the greatest. <laughs> so I just kind of turned, and just out of the corner of my eye, I see the bull's head right there. And I just gassed it, you know, and started running, and had no idea. The video, like, like I'm halfway, and the way that arena's set up, too, is... You know, it's one of those arenas that's not very deep, but it's super wide. And that bull was running up the chutes. And so I came off, you know, he's turning back. I came off here and I start running this way because I see him. So he's running off the chute. So I'm turning into the middle of the arena. And there's no gate because I don't want to turn left and I can't see. So I'm just running and running. And the video, it's funny because then bullfighters were able to pick that bull up and kind of take him away. But I was halfway on the other side of the arena, you know, because I'm like, you know, as far as I know, he's still right there on me. Um, You know, and so like I think, you know, equipment plays a big role, too, in like our ability to kind of get out of those situations, maybe. But certainly, you know, I, I mean... Keith Hall's blind, I say blind. If he he doesn't wear his glasses, and I've literally watched him run into the side of a bull. Bull's trying to leave the arena, and he ran square into the side of this bull like a deer running into a car. So it certainly, you know, visibility is a big thing within that. Uh,
1: um, Has Keith thought about getting like contacts?
0: Well, he did one time. He said that he landed right underneath the bull on his back, and the hooves were stomping all around him. And he said, "I never want to see that again." So he took him off and. <laughs> yeah. Said said no more. Um, okay, so one one segment that uh, we've been recommended to do is what's in your rigging bag. So like for me, the hundred X, with that you know visibility and stuff. What about you? What what are you wearing? What so, equipment are you using?
1: What I've I was using a two tough helmet and what I ended up switching to is a two tough cage with a hockey helmet. And one thing I did notice is like one the visibility is really good. And with a with a hundred X like visibility isn't as good as that I don't think. But the one thing I do really like about it is having that hockey helmet shell to it is When I land and hit my head, or if I land on my shoulder and it comes, my head comes across. I've noticed it's one really light, and two, those hockey helmets are built to where if I hit my head, like bull's horn the other week, come right into the cage, dented the cage in. And normally, like my chickens would have been scrambled, and my head was perfectly okay. Like if my head got stomped on, for say, it might not be as good as the two tough cage or the two tough like full on helmet, but having that that too tough cage story my face is protected which is going to be the most likely to get hit and having that hockey on my shell to it it just i think it's an all-around just like the best way to go with it because it's super light helps with concussions a lot more there's been countless times since i switched to it where i've gotten up bracing myself to have my chicken scrambled and been like oh you're good good. (laughs) that's a good feeling (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a little scary at first, though, because you're like, am I that concussed that I think I'm not? Yeah, <laughs> no, for
0: sure. I think that was one of the benefits when I, I did the same thing. I had the hockey helmet with that, uh, the face mask and, um, like, with the 100X, as far as getting stepped on, horned, I don't think there's a helmet out there that is good. It's bulletproof. It's tested more than all of those. Hockey helmets are not built for that. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it, they weigh more so getting slammed on your back i've been knocked out more with that 100x just just hitting the ground whereas back when i was wearing those other helmets um it wasn't so it's kind of a give and take there on that end um
1: i think a big thing with them too is is they don't have any flex and that's like yeah correct people were especially in my family who like because i wasn't raised in a rodeo background so they would kind of be like you know why would you switch to a hockey helmet? That's dumb. If your head gets stepped on, I was like, well, you know, when you really think about it statistically wise, what should your helmet be there for? Statistically, of what do you, where do you get hit the most and what is going to benefit you the most? So, the biggest thing that you see a lot of guys struggle with is concussions. Yeah. So, my kind of mindset going into it was switching to it was, you know, having a little bit more flex, having still that protection. But having a little bit more of concussion protection to it was going to be a lot more beneficial. And just over the last couple of weeks, in the last month, like, I've had a lot of wrecks. And I've noticed it tremendously helping me out.
0: What kind of vest and uh, boots are you wearing?
1: Um, boots. I have Ariat lace-up boots. I switched to the lace-ups right before I broke my ankle. And luckily, I put them on before I broke my ankle. So yeah. If not, my ankle would have been way more torn. Right. Yeah, for sure. I really like riding in those lace-ups. Uh I got a pair of almost borderline work boots, so I'm thinking about finding something a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. but yeah. I got a pair of Ariats, and then vest wise, I just switched to the Ride Right Flex Pro.
0: Ride Right Flex Pro? Yeah. I haven't had the Flex Pro. I had the PR-8. Didn't like it. It was a little bit too bulky. I gotcha. Um, uh, the Phoenix, uh, that's what I've used, but I—that's I, the PR-8's not the Flex Pro, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so the Flex Pro, the PR-8 is kind of cut up a lot more, I think. Okay. Um, don't hold me to that, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it was. We'll look but into it. I like the Flex Pro because it's a little bit just more solid pieces. And when you first get them, they're really stiff, and I really like that. You like that? Yeah, and see, I I'm the opposite. To, <laughs> I used to ride with a Crooked Horn for the longest time, and I just had the Bullfighter style. Yeah, one. yeah. And the tricky part about that was just there's a lot of opening by your armpits mm-hmm. and then there wasn't much on your collarbone. And so I didn't like that. And I noticed those PR eights had a lot more padding up here. They came up a little bit higher. So I ended up switching to those.
0: Heck yeah man. Um well thanks for joining in again. Uh guys, um you know we're doing this every week. Uh we have another podcast with Jake. Um not in the rodeo wagon but um, we'll be launching that tune soon so you can kinda tune in. Uh, see a little bit more about Jake. Um, got any social media handles or anything they can follow?
1: Um, Official dot Jake If you just look up Jake Marinic on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, it should come up. And I'm actually in the midst of launching a new clothes line right now, so you, that yeah. should be out in the next couple weeks. We had I had my first pre-sale go really good. Ended up getting over 75 shirts out there, and it's awesome just to build the brand and a big per or a big new. Uh, new kind of purpose with the shirts i'm going to try to just glorify god a lot more with them put a lot more biblical stuff on the back of them and the first shirt was just kind of see where they went and there's a lot a lot lot of of good stuff coming with it so i'm excited
0: heck yeah guys support him check him out um if you haven't already download the western edge app you know we're doing a lot of content we're um doing a lot for giving back to this western community being able to connect you know fans and and everybody with with businesses and and support, you know, athletes and everybody going down the road. Um, so check out the Western Edge app. Download it for free. Um, you know, big shout-out to Cosmic Cowboys. They're the one that's producing this podcast, putting it together. Um, we got a cool new setup here, and, you know, there's going to be a lot more going down the road. You know, Jake, you're going to go with us a bunch. You know, you went yeah. with us a little bit, and it's been good. We've been winning. Um, we're right, about to yeah. go in Wichita into the Interest Bank Arena. and <laughs> I'll take first, you can take second. Yeah, we'll see. All right. right. Yeah, I'll draw better because I'm going to make him work. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in.